0: and redefine success. Welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. All right. What is all this I hear about enneagrams? What are enneagrams? Where are we going with this? Have you heard about the craze with enneagrams? Well, Today, we are chatting with the one and only Nicole Saunders. She's a business coach who specifically uses Enneagrams to help entrepreneurs and business owners understand their personalities and their strengths. And she uses this new self-awareness of your talents to help you figure out how to better run your business, how to even identify your why. And in this episode, Nicole and I talk about what Enneagrams are specifically what each one means. So believe it or not, there are nine of them. And so somewhere in there, you fall somewhere in there, why some people mistake their Enneagrams and how that can be negatively impacting their business and how you can use it to better communicate with team members on your team or even with clients and what your Enneagram tells you about your goals and your fears and how understanding some of your weaknesses can support you in terms of your greater purpose or support you in terms of capitalizing on your strengths to accommodate for those weaknesses and finding support when you need the support in terms of your weaknesses. So I know you're going to love this episode. It's fascinating also to learn about Nicole's journey in entrepreneurship and how she used her Enneagram understanding of how to tweak it a little bit to find out where she really fits in and what makes her feel alive. I know you're going to love this episode. So join me in welcoming Nicole Saunders. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and I'm so excited to be joined today by Nicole Saunders. Welcome, Nicole. I am so excited to be chatting with you because I absolutely love what you're doing as a business coach, supporting other, mostly women, in their endeavors in launching their businesses. Tell me how you got into this business to begin with.
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll try to keep it condensed. It's kind of a long story, you know, like anything else. But um, so during undergrad, I decided I didn't want to leave college. So I was like, oh, I can do this as a job went to grad school, got a degree, my master's degree in college student development, worked in on a college campus for almost a decade and just really enjoyed empowering students and helping them figure out, you know, how to be a better human and all of that good stuff. So I worked on the fun stuff outside of the classroom. So, um, some of that was organizations and Greek life and, you know, events, homecoming, all the fun things. Um, and I actually just had a memory pop up on Facebook today about retreats. And I was like, oh, I miss my mm-hmm. retreats with my students. I don't miss all the things that go along with that. But um, and then my office really had some changes that came up. And we went from an office of four to an office of two within two weeks. And just it was a really kind of an interesting time in higher ed. Um, so anyways, I ended up leaving and started a Pinterest business and was into Pinterest marketing. I built an agency and it was amazing, but I didn't feel fulfilled. Right. So I was like, man, I'm just missing something. And I knew that something was the people Mm -hmm. I want to see the impact that I have on people. And, you know, being behind the scenes on a computer, yeah, I'm good at it. And it was easy, but it wasn't fulfilling. So I was like, you know, I think I need to get into coaching. I miss having the interaction with people. And, you know, I would like to use this master's degree that I paid a lot of money for. So um, last, well, January, 2020, I was like, okay, we're going to pivot. I'm going to do a retreat and this is going to be great. I'm going to use Enneagram, do business coaching. And then my dad got sick. He passed away in March, 2020. And then COVID happened and the world shut down. And I was like, dang, you know, path of least resistance. I've just got to get through this period of time in my life. So, um, this January, January, 2021, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm living inauthentically. Like, I feel like I'm like, Oh, hit to all these Pinterest things. And then I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. So um, I was like, you know what, let's blow this business up. We've built one from scratch. We can do it again. So I'm um, decided to go all in and just really pivot hard. And I have enjoyed it. It's been a challenge. It's not been easy, but I feel so fulfilled now. I just am enjoying it. And people have been like, wow, Nicole, I can really tell you're just like, you seem so much more energized and alive. And I was like, yes, like I love hearing that. So yeah, I I pivoted back in January and it's now August and here we are. And actually you
0: do exactly what you were talking about and how you did this for yourself in terms of asking entrepreneurs to figure out what their talents are and capitalizing on their talents. So tell me more about that theory.
1: Yeah. So really when you look at the Enneagram, so there's nine different types on that framework. Um, So I help people really use that and, and guide their strengths and, you know, we don't want to talk about weaknesses as humans. It's like, Oh, I just want to avoid this. Cause that's my areas of weakness. I need to work on those. Right. But using it to know that and, and your blind spots, you can really, take what you're good at outsource the rest or figure out how to Mm -hmm. work that into your day. So you can still get those things accomplished. So, you know, and every type is different. So it just really depends. Like I'm an Enneagram eight. I thought I was a four for a long time, but, um, we just really take action quick and forget that. Oh, we need to take others input in sometimes. So, you know, working for myself is a really good way because I have nobody else to bulldoze except for myself. Um, But, you know, there's different types where, you know, some people are just really focused on relationships and people and maybe they're forgetting to ask people to buy their stuff and they're just promoting their free stuff. So using that as a tool, it it just I get so lit up about it. I get excited. I like nerd out on it, but I love being able to help people be like, oh, that's why you're not doing that. You know, ah. and and I start seeing these trends as I'm working more and more with people. And I'm like, wow, just like people are feeling guilty about the time or I'm um, they're just like, there's so much pressure. And it's like you're putting that pressure on yourself and just helping mm-hmm. people realize that. So it's it's really a good thing. I like I just enjoy it so much.
0: So back up for a minute. And for my audience members who have never even heard of this thing called an airgram, tell us a little bit about what it is, where it comes from, and then we'll talk about how to incorporate it in your business. But tell us what is Enneagram?
1: Yeah. So the Enneagram is a framework. So if you've ever seen that circle with like the lines crossing through it, there's nine numbers around it. That's the Enneagram. So it's a personality framework and it's based on your nurturing. So your upbringing. So we all had different things that happened to us in life growing up. And So our coping mechanisms are what got us through that. And that is what in turn made us develop into who we are as adults. So um, and part of the reason I thought I was a four, and this is what I thought was really cool is connecting the dots over my history is I learned how to be more empathetic through grad school and working with students and really being aware of, um, you know, I need to, I need to be a little nice and not take action before I'm taking into consideration of their thoughts and opinions and all of that good stuff. So, um, you know, I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm really vulnerable and I am, I'm comfortable with that where most eights aren't, but, um, the Enneagram is a really cool framework. So you can see, um, there's, you have your one basic type, so whatever that number is. So let's say you're an Enneagram two, you you have wings on both sides, so you can, either be a wing one or a wing three and then there's a lot more that goes into that so when you're in st- strength and growth you're going to another type and then your weakness or not healthy you're going to another type and then of course there's like subtypes within this like it's it is a beast so if you are new to Enneagram it's very easy like don't freak out like it's easy to get overwhelmed by it it's a lot to learn but just know that you know, take it one step at a time. And really, if you take a test and you're like, this doesn't sound like me, maybe take another test and also read the type descriptions, especially the childhood development, because that's going to really tell you what type it is you. Like when you figure that out, like that's what helped me. I was like, you know, I don't like conflict. I don't, I'm, I'm okay being vulnerable. But then when I read the childhood piece, I was like, I'm definitely an 8 cuz I did not resonate with the 4 childhood at all so I encourage you to to look at that piece too.
0: Very cool. So give us an example. So describe pick a number for us and describe to us what that is. And then well let's get started there. So I don't know, pick a number. What would be an interesting Enneagram to talk about?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'll go with type 3 because I think a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners think that they are type 3s. Okay. Because type threes are by nature workaholics. Ah. However, you know, we can all be workaholics. We can all be type a, we can all be really productive. But what happens is when you look at the core motivation, the fears, the desires, that's when you know, okay. So with three, they want to be worthy. so mm. if they're doing something it's because they want recognition. they want to be um, noticed for their accomplishments where you know as a type 8, I am doing something because I don't want to be controlled. I want to have control over my own schedule, my freedom, etc. So we could be doing the exact same thing. We could be both entrepreneurs, same exact business models, etc but we're doing it for different reasons. The three wants to be recognized where the eight doesn't want to be controlled. So that I think is something I've noticed a lot of entrepreneurs are mistyping as three to begin with. And then they realize, Oh, that's not really me. I I'm actually, my core desire is something else. I don't, you know, maybe I don't even want to be recognized for my accomplishments. So um, I've talked to a lot of people who have mistyped. i um, people who were, oh, I'm a three. Actually, I'm an eight. I thought I was a three. I'm actually a uh, five. So um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting how that can happen.
0: So you're saying that Enneagrams and understanding your Enneagram type can actually help you answer bigger questions like, what is my purpose? What is my why?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And sometimes people have mistaken what their intentions really are. And by understanding their enneagram, they can come closer to really figuring it out what the core truth is for themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes too, people are like, like if somebody just looks at you and's like, Hey, I think you're a type three. Okay, great. But you've got to do your research too. Nobody knows you better than yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you can definitely, put on a facade out to the world. And, you know, maybe that's just the case. Or for example, my former supervisor I worked with, I thought he was a three because just the way we always had to be the best office. We, it was very competitive um, and it was a, we work to live environment, but come to find out he's actually a nine, but nines go to three in health. So he was really healthy in the office, and now that I am, you know, more in depth with this, and no, I'm like, yeah, I can see how he's a nine because nines are called the peacekeepers or the peacemaker, um, or the mediator, whichever term you prefer. And so they don't like conflict; they don't want to rock the boat. They want to take in everybody's opinions, and it's just interesting to use it as a tool so you can not only understand yourself, but understand the people you're working with. So whether you have a team or Mm. the clients you're working with, et cetera. So let's take that
0: nine for a moment. If that one of the difficulties that a nine type has is uh, conflict or approaching someone with some difficult news, how do you guide your entrepreneurs if you are a nine? Because that is a very big part of leadership is having clarity and being able to bring Complex conversations to the table. So, how do you guide someone who's a nine in a weakness that they have?
1: Yeah. So, I think first is really helping them take these little baby steps of action so they can get comfortable with conflict Mm. Um, because it can be hard. You know, it's, I would rather suppress my own needs than tell somebody that I don't agree with them. Or mm. um, if somebody asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, but you say yes, because you don't want to deal with the conflict or the potential, they won't like me anymore. I'm um, helping them realize like, you can say no, let's practice saying no, when mm. you really mean it or speaking up, like, if your partner is like, hey, what do you want for dinner? And you're like, I don't know, but you actually really want sushi. And they're like, let's go for pizza. Maybe you can practice in that moment. Hey, I would actually really rather go have sushi and just take those little moments. So that way you can build that confidence up and realize people are still going to like you. You can still be successful, but sharing your opinion and your feelings and thoughts are still important. Mm. Absolutely. And
0: so just acknowledging that this is a place that you need to learn to grow in. So
1: can people switch numbers during their lifetime? So my opinion is no, once you have, once you are like, yep, this is like, once you know your number, you know, I think sometimes you just get mistyped or you like, for me, maybe you live in a little bit of a denial about it, Um, Ah. but what, yeah. So once you know your type and, and, you're like yep this is me truly 100 percent authentically me um you'll know so you're you can access all the numbers but it's what you are most easily and really again going back to your upbringing and your childhood um and those core fears and core desires so you know we may again look at i think i'm a three because i'm a type a i'm very competitive i want to be the best at this But maybe it's going back to something deeper. Like maybe you want to be the best, but what, you know, what's happening there? What's, why do you want to be the best? And maybe it's, I want to be the best because, you know, I don't want to be without security. Like a six Mm. is I really want to be safe. Okay. So I have to be the best in this, but yeah, I, I don't think types change. I think it's just we come to a realization that, oh, I'm actually this type. So
0: and do you bring the same type to all aspects of your life? So do you bring that type to relationships and business and self-care?
1: Yeah. So typically, like I'm a lot of times people say I lead with type whatever number. So if I I lead with type seven or I lead with type eight, and this is what you are, this is your basic type, but there's varying levels with the healthiness of your type. So you could be really unhealthy and still be that type and look very different, or you could be very healthy within that type and look different again. So with like a four, if they're acting unhealthy and going through maybe a phase in their life, they're going to look more like a two, where if they're really, really healthy, they're, they're going to look like a one. So you can access those other numbers and look something different. So again, like my supervisor, who's a nine, I thought he was a three. And I had um, one of my grad school um, comp partners, I thought <laughs> I would have guessed she was a three, but you know, we've reconnected and stuff. She's into coaching now as well. She's a nine also, but she was really competitive in grad school. And I am, um, you know, very smart, but I we've talked recently and she's like, yeah, I just, you know, I didn't realize y'all thought I was this good. Like she, she did her self-confidence wasn't as what I, I would have thought. Cause I was like, dang, she's just so smart. You know,
0: what we need right now is to leverage happiness in the workplace. If you're a leader or manager struggling with retaining team members and frustrated with the current staffing shortage, group coaching for your team is your solution. Christina Unrein and I have partnered together to build a 10-week group coaching workshop for your business focused directly on increasing happiness and positivity in the workplace. How do we do this? We use the awesome systems you already have in place and support your team members directly with tools for a mindset shift for awareness of their individual power to own their own happiness. Learn how to cultivate accountability for happiness in your team members and guide them with the tools to own their empowerment at work. Turning around workplace culture starts with individuals and Christina and I are here for you. Email me at Taryn at thebizofhappiness.com if you are ready to make workplace happiness your competitive advantage. Just speaks to what you said earlier is only you can know yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So are you able to, could you walk us through those nine, can you give us a little snippet of what each one of them is for our listeners who are out there thinking, I don't even know what's going on right now, threes and fours and sevens. Tell (laughs) us a little bit about how to identify which one you are that you lead with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just start with type one. So type one is known as the perfectionist or the reformer and their core desire is to be good. So they fear being right or wrong. Um, And I say perfectionist, but it doesn't mean you're like, not as a bad thing. So, and let, let me preface this too by saying no type is better or worse than any other. They're all equal playing fields. So lay judgment at the door. (laughs) We all have our weaknesses. We all have our strengths, but, um, you know, they're all important. So what you struggle with may be somebody else's strength. So, um, again, don't, don't try to compare and be like, oh, I wish I was this or not. But, um, yeah. So again, Enneagram one is the perfectionist or the reformer and their core desires to be good and their core fear is being wrong or, or evil. Um, Enneagram two is known as the giver or the helper, um, and their core desire is to feel loved and accepted, and they fear being unwanted. Type three, again, this is the one that I think a lot of entrepreneurs think that they are, um, so they're known as the performer or the achiever, and their core desire is to be valued, and their core fear is being worthless. Type four is known as the romantic or the individualist. And their core desire is to create their own identity or be unique. And then their core fear is that they're not significant in the world. Enneagram type five is known as the observer or the investigator. And their core desire is to be competent and they fear being useless. So type six is known as the loyal skeptic or the loyalist. Um, And their core desire is to feel security and stability. Um, and they fear being without guidance or without support. Type seven, the epicure um, or the enthusiast and their core desire is satisfaction and pleasure and they fear being deprived. Um, I think uh, seven just think, I think like bubbly, I don't know, I just feel very um, extroverted with with type seven Um, type eight is known as the protector or the challenger and their core desire is to have control over their own lives. And their core fear is being controlled. Where our type nine known as the mediator or the peacemaker, their core desire is to have a peace of mind and their core fear is separation or loss. So that's the quick and dirty (laughs) overview of the nine types.
0: Now, is there a type that is not suited for entrepreneurship
1: you know I I think every type can be entrepreneurs I think it really just depends on your health level and how bad you want it to be honest like you know so um, it's not it's not for the faint of heart that's for sure <laughs> being on an
0: entrepreneurial journey you mean
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: As you're experiencing these last few months. And what about those entrepreneurs who are hiring team members? Is it advisable to use the Enneagram as a tool to help hire and select specific responsibilities and tasks and positions according to their Enneagram?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of hiring comes down to fit. So um, for using the Enneagram when you're hiring, I think it can help you understand, okay, a five as the observer is more introverted and they're not going to, you know, maybe talk as much where a seven may be super extroverted and talk a lot. Mm. Um, but they like they all just bring such different things to the table. But again, we anybody, like, you know, if we knew that, let's say we're hiring for a virtual assistant. A virtual assistant can be any type. I think it just depends, like, one fit. I think a lot of things come down to fit. You can teach anybody anything if they're willing to learn. But fit personality-wise is a huge important piece of it. Um, But knowing how they communicate and how they operate is going to help you supervise and motivate them more. So, you know, each type's going to be motivated in a different way. um, And each type communicates differently. So where a seven may get bored and start daydreaming in meetings or, you know, whatnot, a type five is probably sitting there taking a bunch of notes because they want to make sure they have all the information. So when they go back to do something, they are ready and they don't look like, they're um, stupid, or they don't know what they're doing. They really want to make sure that they have all the information. Where sometimes the sevens, you kind of gotta wrangle back in and be like, "Hey, did you get this?" Like, but they're gonna be so creative and bring so many ideas that maybe you didn't think of. So anytime I'm like, "Oh, I need, I just need some creative spark right now." I'm like, "Where's my sevens at?" I need a seven. Like, I just need a little bit of that. So.
0: Excellent. And then same goes for when you need organization or when you need specificity. Really, really cool. So how can we use these understandings about our Enneagram types in terms of our own fulfillment and happiness? What you were mentioning in your own life is you recognized that aspect of your own personality. So how could you advise the rest of us to use the Enneagrams for finding happiness?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to self-awareness. So when you understand your type, you can start looking at those health levels and really see where you're at. Um, Because once you understand, oh, this is why I do this. Mm. Oh, I'm not the only person who does this weird thing. Like, um, or or whatever it is, you know, I I say weird thing because I'm... I'm a fan of being like, yep, I'm a weirdo. Thanks. Um, And I think that's why I thought I was a four for the longest time too, is I just really want to be unique in in things and and have my own creative spin on it. But when it comes down to it, it's because I want the control over it. Ah. Um, So recognizing that, okay, so as an eight, I want control and I'm easy to bulldoze over other people's opinions or, um, you know, I can be seen as aggressive. So I know how I come across to people. And not to say that we need to tone ourselves down because that I think how we are is, is important. But realize if I'm an eight and I come into a situation and there's a two who may be a little more emotional or take things personally and I need to give them feedback. I can't just walk up and be like, hey, you suck at this. No, I need to be like, even though if maybe I'm thinking that I need to think of a way to eloquently say that in Mm -hmm. a way that's going to, they're going to understand and appreciate. So um, I just really think it is important to look through, like there's so much out there that you can really dive into and understand like, okay, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. This is my superpower. This is my blind spot. And once you understand that whole self, that's where you can be like, okay, I need to work on this or these inner things. Like as an eight, I may need to work on something different than somebody else who's an eight, just Mm -hmm. because I've had so much of that conditioning of Um, the vulnerability and the emotional side and and the human development piece, but um, every type is going to have something that they can work on and and become more um, self-actualized, right?
0: Mm. So it's that self-awareness piece. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So in this journey, you've told us a little bit about how you've had to overcome some certain understandings about yourself. What are you needing at this moment? What is your stumbling block in your entrepreneurial journey at the moment? What is the next thing Nicole needs to overcome?
1: Yeah, um, I've done a lot recently about, (laughs) so as I mentioned, when I had my Pinterest business that I launched, it was really successful. And very quickly, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm booked out. Like I have all these clients. Well, it's a little bit different when you're a a business coach. So Mm -hmm. I've had to realize that just because I was very quickly successful with one thing, it's a completely different business model. Sometimes people don't want to learn Pinterest, they don't want to do it, it's a Mm -hmm. specialty. But with business coaching, it's a different aspect. Like people, it's kind of abstract. Like, what am I actually getting? So I've had to learn a lot of like, so just being like, hey, you need this thing. I don't know why you need it. I just know you need it. Mm. Like, what are, what am I giving people? So helping myself understand how to communicate that and realize that um, I'm a little bit different. If I want something, I am chasing it down. You're going to know. I'm like, hey, take my money. I want you. I'm obsessed with you. I, I need this where that's not normal. Like I'm an anomaly in that fact. Like you've got to ask people to buy your stuff or they're not going to buy it. Like Mm. you have to constantly do that. So practicing putting myself out there and being a little vulnerable because people can say no. Mm. Okay. So if I'm doing that and I've told, um, people this before and it's probably something I need to implement myself but every time I get a no okay let's get a check mark let's get a sticker like let's celebrate this no because it's leading to the next yes and I'm celebrating that I asked you know if I don't ask I'm there a no anyways so
0: I need to ask I love the celebration aspect absolutely. So what is your
1: superpower? <laughs> yeah. so I would say with eights like, we are um, very strategic. Like we know what we want, what we want, and we're going to take the action to go for it. Um, and I've pretty much been that way my whole life. I decide, hey, I want this. We're going for it. And I mean, I look back as a child. My mom, my mom would call me a bulldozer. She's like, "Quit bulldozing your sister, or this and that." And now I'm like you know what? I'm proud to be a bulldozer because it means I'm taking action and I'm changing the landscape and we're going for it. So i kind of reclaimed that a little bit. Um, but yeah, not everybody is has that self-confidence just, just to take that action. And I realized like, oh, people aren't confident. Like my husband um, and I pick on him. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like, he's just very shy and reserved and he's not as self-confident, but I'm like, just go ask, just go do the thing. You can't, you can't break it. We'll fix it. Like if it, if it's broke, like,
0: you know, (laughs) like, I'm just like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. It is absolutely a superpower. And it comes across Nicole in the work that you do, Uh, checking out your website. And please, to those of you who are listening and would love to learn more about Nicole, you'll find her links in the show notes, but on um, your website, you gave some great blogs and really strategic guidelines on how to approach certain aspects of entrepreneurialism. And one of them is this great strategy that you have for batching content. And I love that you put it in such an easy to understand format. You break it down, you simplify the process so beautifully. So I agree, you are very good at strategies and really making it simple and actionable taking the action, like you said, the most important thing to do. Yeah. 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 So what is
1: your definition of happiness? Yeah. So I think it really comes down to feeling that fulfillment. Like if I am like, and this is the funny thing. So going back to when I used to work in higher ed, had you asked me the first couple years at my last job, I was like, man, I love this. I love going to work. This is so fun. I'm, I'm living for this. But things change. And, you know, I started to realize like, man, this is not fun. Like, I don't feel fulfilled. Like, yes, I love my students and the health insurance was great, but I don't miss the bureaucracy and the red ropes to jump through and all the paperwork and the contracts and just the stuff people don't see like people think I'm over here just you know like running a circus and yeah it looks fun and all, my students are happy they're getting free t-shirts and cotton candy but you don't see the behind the scenes of that and it gets really exhausting especially because you must have a master's degree to work in this field and then you get paid like crap so you know i think that started to wear on me and when there was no room for movement i was like man you know i just don't feel valued and mm-hmm. i knew and because we had layoffs across the campuses and i knew that at that point i looked and i said god if not, if this job isn't secure no job is secure. The only way I can be secure is to work for myself because I'm not going to let myself fail. I value myself too much to let that happen. And so just knowing that there's this just, oh, like when you feel it, like this excitement, it's like driving like, I live in um, North Carolina, so we have the Blue Ridge Parkway near, nearby. So just like driving down the mountains on the Blue Ridge Parkway, windows down, music up, just the sun is shining. And like that to me is mm-hmm. happiness. Like, I feel like I have out of body experience. I'm just like, man, like, what is this life? This is so good. And like, I get to impact people and know that it's not just them. It's this ripple effect. They're then impacting their team, their clients, their family, like how can I not be happy to, to that, you know?
0: That's beautiful. That's awesome. And you have a great course coming up where you're guiding people with the Enneagram. So as people are listening to this episode today and they want to learn more, tell us about how we can find out more specifically from you about your Enneagrams.
1: Yeah. So it's a five day free mini email course. So, and it is, um, evergreen. So anytime that you sign up, if you hear this episode and you're like, Oh, I, w- I want to learn more. So it's saundersays.com S A U N D E R S forward.com forward slash five day. So you can either type out F I V E or the number five, both of those will redirect you where you need to go, but it's a five day challenge. And each day you get to learn a little bit more about the Enneagram and there's a lot of fun stuff in there. And it talks a lot about, Hey, this is my superpower. This is, you know, my core fears, my core desires, things I can work on all of that good stuff. So you will have an even better understanding of the Enneagram as you move forward.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, definitely check Nicole out. And I'm signing up for that. That sounds so cool, Nicole. I'm looking forward to learning more about the Enneagrams. I have a feeling I know which one I am, but I definitely need to find out more details. And before we sign off today, I'd love for you to just share with my audience just your 30-second piece of advice for entrepreneurs in terms of using their talents? Like if there's someone out there that just has time for this next 30 seconds to hear your advice, what would you say to them?
1: So I I tend to end up saying this a lot, but I think honestly, the world needs what you have. So if you're not putting something out there, if you're not taking the action people can't see you. They, they don't know you exist. So you have to put the stuff out there. You know, if that's record the podcast episode and publish it, you know, film the YouTube video and publish it. Like, don't do all this behind the scenes work and then never take the action to share it with the world. Like you are too good for that. You've already put so much effort into it. Just take the action because, and and I tell people this a lot, like, If you are scared to do, you know, Instagram stories, for example, that seems to be something sometimes people are scared of because it's their face and they're recording and they're talking, try and put it up for an hour. You can delete it, like take the risk because the reward is worth it. Um, and just, you know, again, I know that my strength is like, Hey, I have all this confidence and I just take the action. But honestly, if you just take a little baby step action today and then tomorrow and the next day and keep going, that's going to look like a giant freaking leap at the end of the year. So these actions add up over time. So just go freaking do it. Like, just go do it.
0: Love it. Love it. Thank you. And thank you for all that you do, Nicole. Thank you for bringing this really awesome content on your website. And thank you for all the support you provide for entrepreneurs out there who are struggling.
1: Of course. Well, thank you so much for having me today. It's been a blast. And, you know, I hope y'all take something from this episode. I can't wait to hear, you know, I'm always a fan of, hey, if you learn something, share it and tag both of us on Instagram. I'd love to see that.
0: Absolutely. And remember what Nicole said, the world needs what you have. Mm -hmm. Have a fabulous day, beehivers. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Business of Happiness podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you know of a colleague who could benefit from this perspective, empower their day and share this episode with them. Or check out more episodes on thebizofhappiness.com. I look forward to discussing happiness in business and in life with you further again next episode. And until then, remember, today is going to be a great day.